Hey, Stace. Hey, Aaron. What's the difference between an owl, uh-huh. a fish, and a piano? God damn! Who knows? <laughs> no. <laughs> you can tune a piano, but you can't tune a fish. Oh my god. What about an owl? Who? I walked right into that. I feel like the moment I said, what about an owl? I was like, this is what she wanted from me. This is what I'm here for. Oh, I I fucking walked right into it. Okay, I'm probably going to butcher this one because I saw it once and I laughed really hard and it's not even funny. Mm -hmm. So I'm really setting it up nicely. But (laughs) what sounds like a parrot but is orange? A carrot. Ah, you're good. Bam. Have you heard that one before? I'm like a dad. Yeah. Can't can't put one over on me. It's I got just you. like in your blood. Yeah. Anyway, so here's Wonderwall. All right. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so Erin, give me your goddamn. Well, mine is, as you know, I drove out to Las Vegas, Nevada. I sure did know that. Not for anything fun. I mean, it was for fun. Did but you it... go to any casinos? No. Ah! I know. Why not? I got kids. And COVID. Yeah, but you had people there to watch your kids. Yeah, but also COVID. But you both have been vaccinated. I'm not fully vaccinated until next week. You could have put a mask on. I had a mask on the whole time. Listen, I did this shit COVID safe. Yeah, like you could have pulled a lever and left. I could have. I didn't. Wow, that's fucking restraint. Girl, you have no idea. Yeah. But we were driving out there. Mm -hmm. And the fucking... We didn't leave until, like, noon. Ooh. Noon 30. Yeah. A bad decision. So then we were like, oh, we're just going to hit fucking L.A. traffic. And then we're going to hit the desert traffic. And then we're going to hit Vegas traffic. Yeah. All of the traffic. Perfect timing. Perfect timing. So we did a little fucking navigation. And then it was like, yo, you can go through the fucking high desert, go through Joshua Tree, and you'll save, like, 30 minutes. And I was like... That, that sounds, sounds kind of fun. fun. Yeah. It's not, it's oh. a drive I've never taken. Yeah. I was like, uh, be scenic. Yeah. I want to go to Joshua Tree. That yeah. sounds fun. That'll yeah. be fun. Let's do that. And so then we did. We got so fucking into the boonies that we lost satellite radio. Oh, good. Which, I don't know if you're aware of where satellites are. <laughs> They're in fucking space. Space. Yeah. And it was like, not today, motherfucker. Not your truck. You can't have it. And so it was like a quiet ride. And <laughs> we're just like looking around at all the fucking scenery and stuff. That and sounds kind of cool, though, still. It was. I was enjoying it. I was having a good time. I loved it. Every mm-hmm. minute of it. Mm-hmm. Up until my kid was like, yo, I got to pee. And I was like, that sounds fun. Let's yeah. do that. So then we had been following a little caravan of like three fucking cars, right? Mm-hmm. We were clearly all going to the same fucking place because there's nothing else out there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so we pulled off to go pee and the other cars obviously kept driving because mm-hmm. we're not with them. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and we went pee. We walked around. It was a good time. Blah, blah, blah. We got back on the road and then we're going. And like uh, five minutes later, there was an intersection. Yeah. And you could either go straight. Uh-oh. Or you could go right or you could go left. Yeah. I'm not going to go left because I feel like we just came from left. <laughs> oh, God. And that's where the sun was setting. So we're like, not going to go that way because that's west. Yeah. Don't want to do that. Oh, 
We had no cell service. Yeah, I'm assuming you also didn't see your maps or anything at this point. Like no. your maps on your phone. Maps were gone. Yeah. Everything was gone. Yeah. We have no cell service. Mm-hmm. And uh, I get one bar and there's train tracks that go that way too. And so I get one bar and I was like, let me just see this shit to make it load. Like you should pull off and we'll make this load. Were you and like, follow the train tracks? <laughs> no. Brandon was like, I'm not. I don't know if he didn't know that I said I have one bar and it's loading Mm -hmm. or if he just didn't listen because I think he has that skill where I can just say a lot of words at him and he just doesn't hear them. (laughs) (laughs) That old husband ear? Yeah, it's a magic trick. Did he Leroy Jenkins your ass and just like take off in one direction? (laughs) Yeah, he just went straight. And so I was like, I mean, out of all the options, I probably would have gone straight too because... looked right. Did you cross Oh, it looked right. I thought you said I would have gone right. And I was like, why? (laughs) Oh, oh, oh. Um, Yeah, I mean, just straight, whatever. But then we're going straight, and I was still waiting for my fucking phone to be like, anyway, I'm loading this map. And it... Then I lost service again, so then we had nothing, and we're going, and then the road straight started to turn west, and then we were heading into the sunset, which is not the right direction to Vegas. Yeah, very obviously the wrong way. (laughs) Yeah, and he was fucking flying. No other cars at this point. Uh Nobody's on the road. We didn't see a single person. And you're like, this is a little fishy. (laughs) This is real weird. It started to get real fucking hills have eyesy. Oh, God. Yeah. And then. uh, Was it nighttime? Well, the sun was setting. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, The sun was setting. So then now it's like fucking dark. Like, you know, the sun was over there. There's a little bit of an orange glow, but it was dark. There's fucking nothing. There was no cell service. We went that way for like, I don't know, 20 minutes. And then. He was like, um, should we turn around? And I was like, well, this is clearly the wrong direction. Like, it's not just going to, like, loop back around because there's nothing <laughs> that we're going around. Like, it's not yeah. like there's a big mountain or, uh, I don't know, a school. There like, was nothing that we were bypassing by going this direction for a hot minute. Exactly. And so he's still flying at, like, 80 on this 50-mile-an-hour road and going over these huge bumps and stuff. I'm like, we're going to fucking die out here. Bail. Yeah, like, we if, die. if we die. If your tire pops, if the fucking anything happens, like I can't walk 20 miles back. <laughs> Are you blowing through gas going this quick? <laughs> right. That too. And yeah. so he's like, we should probably turn around. Still fucking going 80. And I'm like, yeah, probably we should. And he's like, I'm just going to go a little further to that fucking cell tower way out there. And I'm like, that's really far. Oh, <laughs> like, God. Yeah. So he eventually turns around and we were supposed to go right. But it was a goddamn adventure and Ugh. a little bit Added, scary. Like an hour to your drive. Added legitimately an hour to the drive, Which and is also fun with two kids in the car. Yeah, super fun. Uh, uh, my fucking little girl loved it. <laughs> she was just <laughs> screaming her head off in joy the yeah. whole time. Like this is great. Can uh, we do this forever? <laughs> yeah. And then we got back to those train tracks that were like there or whatever. Like, hey, we go left to right, and we waited there for a while until another car showed up, and then they like went right, and we were like, we should probably follow them because yeah. they are another person that's probably going to Vegas because there's nothing around here. Yeah. And then another car went straight, Uh-oh. like the way that we came from. Uh oh. Like, like, go back. <laughs> like, I don't I don't know about this guy. And then he pulled off and he had his hazards on. And I was like, okay, so nobody knows where they're fucking going. <laughs> also, none of the roads said like, hey, go this way to the 15 or go yeah. this way to Vegas or go this way to whatever. It was like, go this way to SEMA. Where the <laughs> fuck is that? <laughs> no one's heard of your podunk town. Sorry if anybody's from SEMA. <laughs> but like nobody's why wouldn't you be like, uh, this is where how you get to Montana. Yeah. <laughs> this is how you get to LA. Like bigger cities or something. Give me something. Yeah. They're yeah. like, nah, that's how you get to Jennifer's house. Sounds like you need to put a fucking map in your car. We don't have a fucking map in our car. And that yeah. was the first time that I realized, like, oh, maybe we need to get a fucking TomTom. Yeah. <laughs> no, TomTom wouldn't have worked either. Well, Thomas Guide. Oh, okay. You know, yeah, yeah. Flippable. Yeah, yeah. 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 
Well, shit, man. I'm glad you made it out alive. Me too. (laughs) And you should have just stayed straight, it sounds like. Not straight on your road, but like you should have just stayed on the typical way that you know how to go. Shoulda, yeah. It would have probably taken the same amount of fucking time. Except that Brandon gets real angsty when he's driving in traffic. Okay, so you didn't have to deal with that at least. Yeah. 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 And I got to see Joshua Tree. It was nice. Yeah. Anyway, what's your goddamn? So, as you know... I've told you recently, I have started to see a spiritual advisor. Don't lose me here for everybody who's like, fuck that shit. I am now seeing this spiritual advisor Mm -hmm. to help me tame my life. Advise your spirituals. Advise my spirits. And I really like her. Mm -hmm. It's a great time and fun and stuff. But somehow we got on to this topic of dreams. And she was like, do you dream? And I was like, all the fucking time. I have crazy ass dreams. Do you dream? Yeah, do you dream? I'm not quite sure where she was going with that, but I took it in this direction, and I was like, you know what? I have fucking sleep paralysis. Like, I get those crazy-ass dreams, which is probably not some, you know, like, this lady is like, we're all here for good intentions. You know, like, you know, very calming and relaxing, and I'm like— you're like, anyway, I got some demons. (laughs) (laughs) I did that, but I didn't say demons, right? I was just like— so sometimes I fall asleep. I have very vivid dreams all of the time. Sometimes I can control them, and it's, like, the coolest shit in the world. And sometimes I can't control them, and I get stuck in them. And then she was like, oh, tell me more about that. And I was like, well, <laughs> it feels like there is, like, a dark thing trying to enter my body, and I can physically feel it, and I have to, like, push it out in my dream, and it scares me, and it's really hard, and I get terrified, and I start screaming because I know I want to wake up because I don't like the feeling of this thing in my body. (laughs) And then I start screaming, and I'll wake up in my dream only to realize that I'm still dreaming, and then so I start screaming some more until finally Lee will shake me, and I wake up in real life. And she just looked at me, like, horrified, and she goes, do you pray? (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) And you're like, usually after that, yeah. (laughs) my god i literally laughed and i was like well yeah i do and she was like give me an example of your prayer and so i said it and she was like okay so you're asking for like protection and stuff like basically telling me like you're putting all these negative like you're expecting something negative to happen to you get rid of that thought did you tell her you have a murder podcast Okay, this is where I'm going. Okay. And so she's like, you know, you're expecting something negative to happen to you and you need to get rid of that thought. Blah. Don't even like entertain that idea. Is If your spiritual advisor tells you that you need to not do a murder podcast. <laughs> she did not. That's not where this is going. Okay. But I was like, she can kick rocks. <laughs> I would fucking dump her in a heartbeat. <laughs> no, no, no. But she was like, you know, you're expecting something negative to happen to you. And I was like, well, while we're here, I should mention <laughs> that oftentimes I think I might induce this on my own because I'm reading about murder murder before bed. But I was like trying to like, how do I breach the subject? So then finally I was just like, okay, I have a hobby with my best friend and it's a podcast and we talk about true crime. That's like a way more gentle way of saying murder. And, you know, I'm reading some of this stuff before bed. And so maybe that's why it's entering. And she was like, what do you mean true crime? Like what? What do you mean? And so I had to literally break it down. Like, people getting murdered. Like, homicide. Like, we research this shit, and then we talk about it, and then we, like, banter about it. And she just looked like, why the fuck would anybody do that? Is this a hobby of yours? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God, exactly. And I was like, okay, I'm not trying to sound crazy. Like, it's just some people, like, are you interested in true crime? And she was like, no, that stuff terrifies me. (laughs) And I was like, yeah, it's either you like it or you don't. And she's like, she like understood. She's like, my daughter actually really enjoys it. And like, I have a daughter-in-law who's in fucking, you know, she's a police officer or some shit, whatever. Yeah. 
really into forensics, yada, 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 right? And so I had to open up to this lady about two very uncomfortable things. And one was like literally reciting a fucking prayer to her, which was awkward because I'm like, this is like very intimate, awkwardly. (laughs) And like, I don't know why all of a sudden I'm uncomfortable in my own skin. But she was so nice about it for the record. Like she wasn't like, she didn't make me feel uncomfortable. It was just like something I don't ever talk about. And then but it's like, a very personal yeah, fucking topic. Yeah. Like, tell me what you say. <laughs> like, yeah. Know, yeah. Weird. Tell me what you say to your deity before fucking bed. Like, I don't, I don't know. Our uh, father. <laughs> yeah. Who art in heaven. Hallowed be thy name. Yeah. Uh, it's the only one I know. <laughs> <laughs> but she was really nice about it. And there was a reason. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, and she was like, OK, well, you need to <laughs> sage your fucking shed. Like I explained like where we what how we record. She was like, is that in your house? Because you should sage your house. And I was like, uh, I'm fucking down to sage anything. But also I have it in a shed out in the yard or whatever. And she's like, oh, good, good, good. I'm going to give you some sage. <laughs> so I fucking sage this shed before you guys got you here. You did? It, I feel it. Yeah. All y'all motherfuckers have like made me need to sage my house and my goddamn shed because of this fucking hobby. We <laughs> saged my old room. We did. Back when we fucking recorded in there. Yeah. She was actually really nice about it, and she was not like, you have to sage it. She didn't do I'm being very dramatic for my goddamn, but she was, like, legit, like, oh, that's a lot of negative energy in one small space. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) And then she explained, she was like, what if the reason you have this podcast is so that you can show the people who are listening? Because, like, I like this hobby, right? Like, I'm not, like oh, it's such a drag. I feel forced. I'm like, this is like a fucking hobby and I look forward to it. Yeah. She's like, what if you're supposed to show people that are listening, like you're explaining the most terrible things that people can do, but you're also, you can show them that there are good people and there is like the other extreme to the world, right? Like, Does she want this to be a non-true, an un... <laughs> like fake it? A true non-crime podcast? <laughs> like, anyway, this lady saved a dying dog. <laughs> Let's all take a moment to thank her. <laughs> I don't know, but I feel like if Or are you, we the good people? I, uh, You know, listen, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, winky dinky. <laughs> I don't know. I think, you know, anything can be interpreted anyway. Mm-hmm. But maybe that's what's happening when we tell these stories. People are like, yeah, it's an awful fucking thing, but the whole world isn't like that. Like, we're all interested in it. Mm-hmm. Right? That's why we're all fucking here. Mm-hmm. But well, it isn't all terrible people. And I feel like all of the people that listen are the fucking top-notch grade human beings on this earth. I was going to say all of the people on, like, our Facebook group, all the people in the little pod group or whatever, yeah. we have built this nice little community, community. of people that yeah. are so friendly and yeah. so nice and so supportive. Yeah. That, like— So maybe she's onto something here. Maybe. Like, we talk about the most horrible things, but we generate— Love and kindness through that. So you're welcome. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. We could just be blowing smoke up our ass, but I literally blew smoke up the shed. (laughs) I saged the motherfucking shit out of this. And she was like, you need to sage your house. She didn't say you need to. She was like, do you want to sage your house? You should sage your house. Here's some sage. And I was like, fuck yeah, give me sage. I'll sage the shit out of this house. And she was like, instead of asking for protection, because that's just saying that you expect something bad to happen, like just... You know, ask for positivity and abundance and white light or whatever, whatever the fuck. I don't remember exactly how she explained it. Mm-hmm. But, you know, change the intent of your sage session. And then instead of thinking like, wow, I hope that works, just know that you asked for help and that's what it is. Like, that's All how right. it'll be. Right. So just so you know, we in a pretty positive space right now, girl. It feels pretty positive. You feel it? I aired it out so you wouldn't smell it. 
I was like, she's going to call me on it so fast. She knows what sage smells like. I do know what sage because smells like. Because of me. <laughs> because of you. <laughs> Did you use a fucking death wing to... No, I literally put it in a mason jar and I just like walked it around the room. There you are. Well, goddamn. Goddamn. Hey, Aaron. Hey, Stace. Do you want a doozy of a motherfucking story? I want a doozy of a motherfucking story. Good, because I got one for you. Oh, good. All right. Lay it on me. Okay, check this shit out. This week's story is a listener suggestion. Ooh. From, from whom? Hope. Hope. From oh. Hope. On, um, What's up, baby girl? She actually sent us an email with all this fucking detail, and then I didn't reply because I suck at replying at email lately. Listen. And then, so she sent all the details on Instagram, and Instagram, I was like, I got you. I saw this shit. I'm going to fucking cover this. She was like, listen to me. Yeah. Pon attention, <laughs> motherfuckers. And I was like, I got it. I'm listening. And so I was like, for sure, I'll do the story. Like, that's crazy. I didn't even read everything. I just read like a couple little, you know, like the first little paragraph in Wikipedia. And I'm like, OK, I'll do this one. Yeah. Uh, fucking nine pages later. Jesus Christ. You guys better all fucking buckle in. Jesus. Long ass story. And let me tell you. Tell me. It's a doozy. Ooh. So don't be mad at me. Be mad at Hope. Don't be mad because I'm doing me better than you're doing you. Hope. I'll be so mad at Hope. Okay, but don't really be mad at her. This is a crazy-ass fucking story. So this week, I'm going to tell you about Haddon Clark. Haddon? Haddon. Okay. It looks like Hayden, but it's not. It's Haddon. Okay. So Haddon was born July 31st, 1952 in Troy, New York. Okay. He came from like a super prestigious family. His grandfather was elected the mayor of White Plains, New York. Wow. Yeah. And he was like super well off, right? Yeah. Mayor's grandson over here. No big deal. We just have an image to uphold. Yes. So now his father was also pretty fucking important because this motherfucker invented plastic cling wrap. Oh. Or he helped invent it. I don't know how you help. Like saran wrap? Yeah. Okay. But I'm pretty sure saran's like he a helped. brand. <laughs> he helped. He helped. He was like, you guys could put it on a roll. He's like, you have plastic wrap, but does it cling? <laughs> and they were like, fuck, man, get out of here. That's crazy. You can't do that shit. And he was like, Holy watch me. Shit. <laughs> Holy shit. That shit's clings. <laughs> I'm going on break. <laughs> All right. Anyway, so he invented fucking plastic cling wrap and fire retardant carpet. That okay. was pretty impressive. All okay. Right? All okay. right. Yeah. Good for them. Yep. So Doing his well. family grew up with like a decent amount of money, whatever. They had a fucking reputation. Got all that cling wrap money. All that cling wrap money mm-hmm. that we are not calling saran wrap. Mm-mm. Mm. Okay. So That's had- from the saran family. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this is the Clark family. It's like the Heimlich maneuver. Yeah, where they're like, you can't don't say that anymore. Call it that. <laughs> now we call it abdominal thrusts. Oh yeah, we do. Which is something different. Mm. No, it's the same thing, but it sounds different. <laughs> sounds sexy. It does, but really, it's not. You're choking. <laughs> <laughs> but really, you're dying. Yeah, you need help. Some people are into that. Yeah, for sure. Hadn't had an older brother by the name of Bradfield. Oh, fucking prestigious names. Yeah. Bradfield. Bradfield and Haddon. Come over here. Come use your father's cling wrap and help me clean up the dinner. (laughs) Okay, anyway, so he had an older brother by the name of Bradfield and two younger siblings. A brother whose name was Jeffrey. Okay. But it was spelled like Geoffrey. Oh, Joffrey. (laughs) Yeah. Yes. And a sister named Allison. Okay. Wow. Allison, pretty boring there. I don't know. Maybe it's like a fancy name somewhere somehow. It's like. Queen Allison. Maybe. Okay, anyway, so although everyone saw that the Clark family was, like, very high society and everything and well off, the family home, like, inside was sometimes quite abusive. 
Ooh. Both his mom and dad were alcoholics, and when his mom would drink, she would dress Haddon up in girls' clothing and refer to him as Kristen. Now, this was before the youngest was born, the daughter, Allison. Mm -hmm. So she had, like, always wanted a girl. I see. So she would get drunk and dress Haddon up and be like, Kristen, bring me your father's cling wrap. That is insane. (laughs) Yeah. First of all. Yeah. That's pretty fucked up. Yeah. I mean, like, if he's not into it or whatever. Yeah. That's, uh, that's... Interesting. Interesting. It could do some psychological something or other, especially yeah. if somebody's not into it. Seems a little abusive. All right. I mean, if you're into it, then whatever. But yeah, like, for sure. My I kid all the time. He's like, I want to watch Barbie. I'm like, fuck yeah, you do. Yeah, let's watch it. Yeah, okay. So there's that. And then uh, his father, when he would get drunk, he would call him names and tell him that he wasn't smart. And he would refer to him often as the hard R word that I will not say because I Ooh. don't want to offend anybody. Yeah. but Oh, that sucks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he just what like. dick. Yeah. So his dad was a super dick. And his mom just sounds abusive. I can't get Haddon's take on it, but it sounds, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, I don't know if he was being forced or if he was like, yeah, let's do this. I love it when mom drinks. <laughs> She's so much fun. She lets me wear her high heels. Yeah, maybe. Shit. Okay, so. That's, like, what he was growing up in, right? Okay, yeah. Obviously, Haddon didn't like being called the hard R word, and he fucking despised his father for that shit. Yeah. And he despised anybody who ever called him that. Like, it would get his fucking gears grinded, and he'd be mad. Yeah. Call me psycho one more time. Yeah, I'll fucking do something about it. Yeah. So, growing up, he was actually really smart, and he could, like, fucking smoke anyone in a game of chess. Like, he was really, really intelligent. Mm -hmm. Um, But he was kind of a bully around school. So kids would like well, make- people who are bullied at home are often bullied in bullies in school. Uh, boom, boom. Well, I guess the kids would like make fun of him and call him dumb and stuff like that, mm. and then that would like trigger his fucking rage, and mm-hmm. he would just want to get revenge on them, and so he would like beat them up and shit. And also, he would go find their fucking family pets, and then he would kill them and leave the carcasses for the kids to find. Well, that's fucked up. That escalated quite quickly. Yeah, it did. Mm-hmm. Um, feel like I would stop making fun of a kid for that. Oh, yeah. I feel like instantly I'd be like, no, you're cool. You're very smart. Yeah, you're very super smart. smart. Also, like if it happened to someone else's pet. Yeah. I'd be like, I'm not going to say anything about him. Uh-uh, uh-uh. Maybe word wasn't getting around about that shit. But it sounds like that's something he would do. He'd just be like, oh, fuck your cat. Ugh. Yeah. His siblings explain that Haddon always had a bit of an odd view on reality. Like, one example was he shoved his brother off of a bike or something like that, right? Mm -hmm. And his brother fell, hit his head, and was, like, bleeding on the ground. And Haddon ran inside to get his mom, and he was like, Mom, there was an accident, even though he totally pushed his brother. But that's not unheard of, right? Yeah. Mom, there was an accident, but don't worry. The bike is fine. (laughs) And he did not mention his brother bleeding from the head. And I think that it wasn't just that he didn't mention it because it's like, fuck him. You know, I think it was more of like he didn't realize that that was what the emergent reason was that you should go tell your mom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like there was like a disconnect on reality for him. Yeah. At least that's how I interpreted this part of the story. I mean, that could also come from the parents, though. Like if the dad was like, oh, God damn it. Now I have to buy a new fucking bike. True. Like you're spending money that we don't have. And that's what you're afraid of. Fucking high society. But like that kind of a thing. Like. Material things are important. I didn't even think of that, for sure. I mean, I I don't think I could see myself doing it or anything when I was a kid or anything. But like, oh no, I spilled water. On a, don't worry though, the keyboard still works. Yeah, like, yeah. 
And you're like, I got shocked, but yeah, I <laughs> that's mean, not like, the important part. It hurts a little bit. Like, <laughs> yeah, I think I zapped my brain. It hurt when I tripped and fell, and that's why my water went over there. But... And I'm pretty sure my arm is broken, but the keyboard works. <laughs> yeah, but I could see that coming from like a reaction of the parents' reaction to previous accidents. So that's something I did not consider, but maybe you're right. Maybe you're onto something there. All right. Okay, so now his father, he was always looking to make more money, and he would like move the family around a lot from like... Connecticut, New Jersey, and eventually landed in Massachusetts. So he basically just like jumped around a bunch. Mm -hmm. As Haddon got older, his mother wanted him to have a trade or something like that so he can make a living for himself. Mm -hmm. And so she enrolled him in like a prestigious culinary school. And he excelled at school and he was a really good chef to the point that he had the luxury of like picking who he wanted to work for and shit. Ooh. Yeah, like it was like kind of like the Harvard of culinary school, right? Mm-hmm. He was sought after. Exactly. Except he could never keep a job longer than a few months because he had a fucking attitude and if he did not like something you said, like he would do shit like piss in the mashed potatoes. Ew. Yeah, you can't do that, right? No, you shouldn't do that. Yeah, and so then he would like lose the job and then he'd go to the next job and they'd be like, what the fuck is up with Haddon? I walked in and he was just chugging beef blood. I'm sorry. (laughs) What? (laughs) Exactly. Like he would just like openly in the restaurant start chugging beef blood and everybody was just, like, uneasy with it. And they were like, okay. Yeah. Uh, a little uneasy. <laughs> I don't know. I could see that. I don't know about this Haddon guy. But also, they weren't like, hey, call his previous employers and ask why he only worked there for three months. And they were like, oh, because he pissed in the mashed potatoes. I feel like it should have been a little more regulated, but it wasn't. And so he fucking... There was, like, this time frame where he had 14 jobs in the span of, like, I don't know, five years or some shit. Like, Jesus. he jumped jobs a lot. Until eventually he earned enough of a reputation that he couldn't get a job. People finally started fucking. They were like, Haddon will piss in your mashed potatoes. <laughs> How do you feel about pissing your mashed potatoes? Because if you're for it, hire him. And then they'd be I'm like. I'm against it. Mm, we have a secret ingredient and it ain't Haddon piss. No. <laughs> no. Yeah. There's not much that you can do to mashed potatoes that will make me not want mashed potatoes. But that's it. That's, that's a hard line. <laughs> piss. Piss in the mashed potatoes. Too much. Ugh. What a shitty day at work, man. Ugh. Somebody... What a shitty day. Fucking, you're just like, hey, man, I just wanted some mashed potatoes. Like, he's mad at like, his boss and he's pissing in your mashed potatoes. Do you, uh, okay, so I was thinking that maybe they were like, send this back to the chef. This mm. is disgusting. And then they ordered mashed potatoes and he was like, I'll show you. And then he pisses in like the whole vat of mashed potatoes and then serves them the pish potatoes. Pish potatoes. <laughs> Gross. I yeah. don't know. I don't know. I don't know either, but. The whole point of the story, not Mm -hmm. the whole point, but the whole point of this part of the story is that he couldn't keep a job. So he was like, hey, I'm going to go join the Navy and I'm going to go be a cook for the Navy. Okay. And the Navy was like, come on board, motherfucker. We need people to cook shit. Yeah. They're like, we accept a lot of things in our mashed potatoes. And piss is one of them. (laughs) You're in luck. Trace amounts. (laughs) First, could you please snort this cocaine? (laughs) Okay. (laughs) For the record, my dad was in the Navy, so I feel like I can make that kind of joke. (laughs) Hey, mine was too. We're Navy brats. See, it works, right? Everybody in the Navy is like, fuck you. (laughs) Okay, so anyway, so he joins the Navy and he works on aircraft carriers as the below deck cook. Okay. And while in the Navy, he would openly wear women's underwear and stuff like that under his uniform. Openly? Openly. Like, I don't know if he was like, check it out. I got a bra on. I'm not quite sure. But like people knew that he was wearing women's clothing and underwear and shit. 
Okay. And obviously in the Navy, he got fucking beat up and picked on and all that shit for this kind of behavior. Yeah. So now I'm kind of guessing that maybe he liked dressing up as Kristen. Mm, okay. When his, or maybe that's where he started to like it. Like, oh, when I dress like this, my mom gives me positive attention. Love. I'm going to yeah. dress like this. Or maybe he just wanted to fucking dress like that anyway. But either way, he would dress like that and then he would get fucking beat up and shit. Mm-hmm. And so the Navy, like, tried moving him around a couple of times. And every time he fucking fell into problems, right? Yeah. And then he got into this one fight where his head got, like, hit against the ground so hard at the aircraft carrier that, that he got a concussion. And then they had to seek medical help and medical treatment. And, and he was like, don't worry, the aircraft carrier is fine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> don't tell dad yeah. that I made a dent. Well, this, like, prompted them to do, like, psychiatric, you know, everything. And they found that he had paranoid schizophrenia. Okay. And so because of this finding, they medically discharged him from the Navy. So now it's like 1986 and Haddon needs a place to live because he was living on an aircraft carrier. Yeah. At this point, his parents have divorced for whatever reason. And his father had died of cancer. And his older brother, Bradfield, remember old Brad? Bradfield. Bradfield. He was serving time in prison for a fucking murder. Okay. Okay. Side story. A few years prior in 1984, Bradfield was drinking and doing drugs, which I guess was basically standard for him through this whole like childhood and shit. Like he was kind of like the bad guy. Yeah. Yeah. And his fiance, 29-year-old Patricia Mack, and him got into an argument. Mm -hmm. He, along with basically all of the Clark boys, were kind of known for beating up their girlfriends. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah, super cool. I'm sure they saw it in their home with, like, their drunk alcoholic yeah. parents, whatever. So they were kind of known for beating up their girlfriends, and that's what Bradfield did. He slammed Patricia's head against a cinder block. Jesus. And then he fucking strangled her. Oh, my God. Then he proceeded to drag her body to the bathtub, where he cut her up into 11 pieces. Yeah. He sliced off chunks of her breast and barbecued them. Did he eat them? And then he ate them. What the fuck? And then he put her body into plastic bags and he intended to bury her so that, like, no one could find her. Yeah. But he became super remorseful and he tried to commit suicide. And when that didn't work, he called the cops and... He was like, save me. And then they were like, what are all these bags about? Yeah, what's going on here? No, he basically admitted to it. And he ended up getting 15 to life for her murder. So... That little side story That's is just fucking a side story. That nugget of like, what the fuck just happened there, right? Okay. So now Haddon's out of the Navy, needs a place to stay, can't go to his dad's because his dad died of cancer, can't go to his brother's because his brother's in prison for murder, can't go to his mom's. Well, I guess you could, but you're like, fuck, man, I don't want to go live with mom. Yeah. Okay. And then also his sister, Allison, I guess basically disowned the whole family like yeah. when she became a teenager and she like ran the fuck away and was like, I'm leaving that hot mess yeah. right there. So he couldn't go to his sister's. So he went to Jeff's or Jeffrey. Joffrey. Joffrey. Okay. Who um, is now king at the time? Had his father died yet? Mm, yeah, he had. He hadn't eaten the poison yet. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Um, oh. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, still a little brat. No, no, no. Jeff is actually... Still a little shit. <laughs> yeah. Still is, beheading people. Jeff is sadly the most decent person in this in this story. And okay. I say sadly because he is also known to be abusive towards his wife, right? Oh. Well, Allison, Allison seems pretty fucking legit. Like, I'm getting the fuck out of here. Yeah, she was like, deuces. Fuck everybody here. That's legit all I know about Allison. So she could be a terrible person just elsewhere away from her family. That's or she fair. could be an awesome person. Okay. We just don't know. Okay. Okay, so... Um, <laughs> So he shows up at Jeff's house Mm -hmm. in Silver Spring, Maryland, 
and he's looking for a place to crash for a while. Okay. And now at this point, Jeff had gotten married and had kids, and he had gotten a divorce because of the abuse, right? Mm-hmm. But he still had at least partial custody of the kids because they were living in the home with him during times that— We're going to talk about? That Haddon was there, yeah. Okay. So Jeff allowed Haddon to live in his basement while he got his life together. Okay. Everything was going fine. Until word got out that I guess Haddon had been masturbating in front of the children. Oh, can't do that. And there were two of them and they were quite young. Like, no matter what age the children are, you should not be masturbating in front of them. But they were like two and four or something like that. Maybe they were like four and six. I can't fucking remember the exact ages. (laughs) Anywhere between two and six, they're like aware (laughs) enough to be like, that's weird. Yeah. Why is he touching his penis? Yeah, like, get that away from me. What the fuck is going on there? Yeah. Yeah. Should not be doing that. Yeah. And so Jeff was like, listen, pack your crap up and get the fuck out of the house. Like, Listen, I'm can't do that. Not going to allow that in my home. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what you do where you're from. Yeah, but certainly not in my house. Yeah. So Jeff was like, I'm going to take the kids and we're going to leave for a couple hours. And this is when you're going to pack up your shit and you're just going to get. Yeah, you're going to get on now. Now get on out of here. And so I guess also one of the children was a five-year-old girl. Mm -hmm. So it was Haddon's niece. And at some point she had called Haddon the hard R word also. (gasps) And it triggered that shit in him that he was just fucking pissed at his niece. And he was pissed. Yeah. And so, like, life isn't going so great for him right now. He's being kicked out of his brother's home. He He's can't being get... made fun of by yeah. a five-year-old. He <laughs> can't get any fucking respect. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I guess the neighborhood kids would all make fun of him also. Oh, uh, middle schoolers can be the worst. Ugh, awful. <laughs> I think, too, that, like, he just gave off this, like, persona of, like, a weird vibe. You know, like, people yeah. were just like, that guy's a little off. Yeah. There's something we don't like about him, so we're going to call him names. Well, also, when you're like a bully or are just making fun of someone, as soon as they react to something, you start digging farther. Like, I had a brother, and so (laughs) if I ever said anything and he, like, got mad about it, I'm like, oh, well, that is forever what you will be known as. Yeah, that's what I'm going to dig into you all the time now because you just gave me some ammo. Yeah, Yeah, for sure. You can't ever show weakness. No, never. Or, like, that you're offended by something. If you get offended, that's when they win. Yeah. Yep, 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 yep. Yep. Well, they were winning. I mm-hmm. guess one of the kids also ran up and, like, kicked him in the balls or some shit. I don't know. Rude. The fucking crazy goddamn kids around here in this yeah. neighborhood. I'm terrified of them also. But look at him. He has feminine hips. <laughs> That's I... the thing I'm sensitive about. <laughs> Sorry, John Mulaney. <laughs> I'm guessing, though, that Haddon was also saying shit to the kids. You yeah, know, yeah, like, yeah. this isn't just totally unprompted. And it wasn't um, just minding his own business. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Either way, you know, like I've explained, this is hitting some triggers for him. He's fucking seething right now. Mm-hmm. And so his brother's family's at home. He pulls up to get the last of his belongings and he's standing outside and a little girl comes walking up to the house. And this little girl is looking for Haddon's niece. Mm-hmm. I guess the little girl lived a few doors down and she would often come over to play. And she was six-year-old Michelle Dorr. And she was wearing a pink ruffled swimsuit that she that was still wet from, like, the kiddie pool that she was playing. And she was playing in her backyard. And she was like, oh, I'm fucking done playing in my kiddie pool. I'm going to go over and check on my friend, right? Like, let's go see if she'll come play with me. Mm-hmm. And so also just a little bit more about Michelle. She would spend weekends at her father's house. And her father's name was Carl Dorr. Now, Carl was going through an ugly divorce with his wife. 
because he was abusive to her. And mm-hmm. I guess she was trying to get like $400 a month in uh, child support for taking care of Michelle. Mm-hmm. And I guess Michelle would witness the abuse. And because of that, she started to like develop a stutter and shit. Ooh. Which is so sad. Yeah. But either which way, just so you know, her household was not that fucking wonderful full to live in. Um, Michelle okay. comes over to her dad's house on the weekends to hang out. And she goes looking for her friend. And so she comes up to the house. And just so you know, Haddon's niece's name is Eliza. I was going to ask. And then I was like, maybe she's okay. Maybe. So Eliza wasn't home, right? Because Haddon's supposed to be getting his things. And he sees this little girl walk up looking for her. And he thinks, I've got the perfect plan to get back at Eliza. Nope, don't like this. Don't like it at all. He's got revenge. So he thinks that the ultimate revenge would be to kill her friend. Pretty fucked up. For her calling him a name. Mm -hmm. He was like, I'm going to kill your best friend. So he tells Michelle that Eliza's upstairs and sends the little girl inside. And while she's going up the stairs, he goes into his truck and pulls out his fucking tools of the trade, which are a bunch of knives, right? He's a chef. And he pulls out a 12-inch chef knife, and he follows the little girl upstairs. Remember, I said, hate hope, don't hate me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, don't don't hate hope either, but yeah. Um, I hate this. Yep. So he threw Michelle on the ground and started slashing at her. I guess it happened so fast that she didn't even have a chance to scream. Oh, my God. And his first two cuts went across her chest like a zigzag, like one way and then the other. Uh-huh. And then he jumped on top of her and put his hand over her mouth. And when he did that, she bit him <gasps> and this pissed him off. Good. And he just plunged the knife into her neck, killing her. Oh, my God. That's so sad. I guess this old house was kind of built on it like a slant. And this all happened on wood floors. So as Michelle lay there bleeding out, all of her blood kind of flowed towards like the downhill slant of the house and kind of pulled in one area. Okay. Now, Haddon just sat there with her body for a moment, and he, like, tried to have sex with it, but Ew. he wasn't able to. Ew! And then he went downstairs, and he grabbed a trash bag, and then he went to his truck, and he grabbed a bunch of rags and a duffel bag, and he went upstairs, and he put Michelle's body in the trash bag, and then the duffel bag, like, put her in the trash bag and then put her in the duffel bag, mm-hmm. and then he put the duffel bag in the back of his truck, and the back of his truck had, like, a camper topper on it. So, like, he lives out of the back of his truck a lot of the time and so it's not just like literally an open bed back there Mm -hmm. okay so he puts the duffel bag in the back of the truck and he goes to work as a fucking chef i guess he had a part-time job doing some shit somewhere at like a golf course or something but he was cooking some stuff to use his own knives i don't know i hope not i hate this So now Carl, Michelle's dad, he's sort of lost track of time, and it took him a while to notice that his daughter was no longer in the backyard playing in the pool. Mm -hmm. And at first, he didn't think much of it. Like, when he noticed she wasn't there, he was like, ah, she's for sure playing at Eliza's house. Not a big deal. Yeah. And then so 5.30 rolls around. Mind you, this was at, like, noon or some shit that she left. Oh, my God. Yeah. So now it's 5.30. So it's been some hours. And he's like, it's dinner time. Yeah. Where's where's uh, Michelle? She must be at Eliza's. And so he goes over to Eliza's house 
And when he gets there, Jeff is home with Eliza, and they were both like, mm, we haven't seen Michelle. Did they not go upstairs? Well, he cleaned it up with the rags and everything. I didn't really explain that very much. But he, like, actually, he probably just fucking glossed over it and didn't read it out loud. But when he was upstairs he, putting her in the bag, he, like, cleaned up with the rags and put the rags inside of the bag with her. Okay. So he took all the evidence with him. Okay. And he must be really good at cleaning. Apparently. I feel like I would know. I feel like you would know, but they didn't know. That's awful. Mm-hmm. Now, Carl starts to panic, and he goes knocking on doors. And when none of the neighbors have seen her, he heads to the police station and reports Michelle missing. Mm-hmm. The moment— He's like, oh, fuck. My <sighs> wife is going to be pissed. She's going to be so mad. So <laughs> it's like she was right. <laughs> <laughs> So the moment he filed the missing persons report, the investigators started to suspect that Carl had done something to his own child. Ooh. After all, he was going through this, like, nasty divorce where she was trying to get child support from him. And you don't have to pay child support if there's no child, right? Yeah. I guess also, like, statistically speaking, it was always the dad. And so these investigators were like, fucking, we know what's going on here, right? Oh, my God. Yeah. That sucks Mm -hmm. for that guy. So he was suspect number one from the get-go. Yeah. Which, I mean, obviously you would be now, too. Yeah. As the dad or the spouse or the whatever, yeah. like, you're, I mean, yeah. you're the closest one. Right. Yeah. So, meanwhile, Haddon, who was at work during all of this, right, his shift ends, and he still has Michelle's body in the back of his truck, mm-hmm. and he goes to the Veterans Administration, like the fucking hospital, mm-hmm. to get a wound on his hand bandaged up. Now, I'm guessing it's from his attack on Michelle, mm-hmm. but then he just went to work with, like, a bloody hand, and that's really gross. That is pretty gross. But either way, so he goes sanitary. Yeah, he go, but he pisses in fucking mashed potatoes. So I'm pretty sure he's not worried about it. Yeah, the golf course was like, yeah, but have you tried the mashed potatoes? <laughs> There's just something about the mashed potatoes. <laughs> just tangy. There's a secret ingredient. It smells like tums. Mm, especially like a hint of asparagus. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, so. He gets his hand bandaged up and then he heads for some woods where he pulls the truck over and he grabs Michelle's body out and he finds a spot at the base of a tree and he begins digging a grave that's like four foot long. Mm. And he dug until he hit clay. And then before he buried her, I don't know the details on this, but he ate a piece of her. Also, there's mention that he drank her blood. Like, while he was in the room with her before he, like, put her in the duffel bag. Yeah. There was a mention that he drank her blood. Mm. See, here's the thing about that is Mm -hmm. that that has to come from him. That story, that little tidbit of information has Mm -hmm. to come from him. Yeah. That's insane. Who's telling people that? First of all, if you just killed somebody, why are you going to be like, anyway, then I drink their blood? Well, you know, sometimes they say shit in, in like, jail or prison or whatever to, like, get a bigger reputation, right? Yeah. But you wouldn't do that for a child, right? You wouldn't no. make up that story for a child because then no. you're going to get your ass kicked. Yeah. Maybe it's for insanity. He never – okay. I'm getting ahead. Okay. But he ahead. never pleads insanity during any of this, okay? Which mm-hmm. he probably fucking should have. Especially if you're diagnosed paranoid schizophrenic. yeah. 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 Like, where was your fucking defense party? Okay. Defense party. (laughs) We're over here. (laughs) Hey, Okay. So I don't know the details. I'm sure you could fucking find it. But this is a doozy of a story, remember? I don't want to know it. I don't know the details, but he ate her. 
Um, Ew. What? He ate a piece of her, okay. not all of her. I mean, and David. Ew, Stacy. <laughs> so then he buries her and he covers her body with an old mattress. Ew. I don't know if he brought it from like, oh, I'm fucking moving out. You can have my mattress or if he just found it or whatever. But he fucking covered her up with a mattress and he left her there. Okay. So now detectives are starting to ask around the neighborhood, like, what people saw that day that Michelle went missing. And Haddon's name kept popping up because he was kind of like the... Town weirdo? Intricate person of the neighborhood. Yeah, exactly. Town weirdo. Mm-hmm. And so, Also, he was moving out, so people probably saw him, like, in and out of the house. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So police are like, hey, Haddon, come in here. We want to talk to you. And they interview him, and it appeared that he had a airtight alibi for mm. that day, and that was work. Yeah. And so they were like, but what were you doing for the 30 minutes before work? Okay, so here's the thing. I guess when Carl, Michelle's dad, Mm -hmm. first reported his daughter missing, he fudged the time frame that he had last seen her. What a dumbass. So that he didn't look (sighs) like a terrible parent. So he said that the last time he had seen her that day was around 2.10 p.m. But it was noon. It was fucking noon. So he had two hours to, like, do whatever the fuck to her, right? (sighs) So he says that it was 2.10 p.m. You don't lie if your kid is missing. No! Well, yeah, maybe when he first said it to you, he wasn't expecting his kid to be dead, you know? Like, he was just like, oh, shit, Mm, she's around here somewhere. She's only been missing for a few hours, right? No. I don't know. Yeah, I would never do that either, but I'm not trying to justify it. I'm just trying to fucking figure out maybe some sort of logic behind it. Mm -hmm. But he lied, and he said that he saw her last at 2.10 that day. But here comes Haddon, right? And they're like, where were you this day? And he admits to being in the neighborhood and everything, but that he'd only been there for a few minutes. And that he has proof that he clocked into work at 2.46 that day. Mm-hmm. And he worked 20 minutes away, so that would have only given him 15 minutes to, like, kill and clean up and do all this shit. So the police were like, that timeline is pretty tight, and it's very unlikely that hadn't committed any kind of nefarious acts here. Yeah. Regardless, they still questioned him, and they pulled out a picture of Michelle. And when they did that, he started to rock back and forth. Uh-oh. And he was like... I'm going to be sick. Ew. Yeah. And he ran into the bathroom where investigators followed him and they continued to shove her picture in his face while he was like puking. Oh. And just kept pressing him and asking like, what did you do to her? What did you do to her? Eventually Haddon kind of breaks and he says, quote, I don't know. I may have done something. Sometimes I black out and I do things that I don't remember. Okay, motherfucker, you ate a piece of her. (laughs) You're going to get sick now? Yeah. Okay. So you think, like, bingo, we're getting somewhere. Like, we got this guy, right? Yeah. Nope. I guess Haddon stopped puking and, again, explained his timeline for work and everything. Like, they're like, okay, go over the day again. And it just wasn't adding up because Carl fucking lied about the goddamn timeline. Fucking Carl. So it wasn't adding up and they had to let Haddon go. And they put their focus back on Carl as being the primary suspect. Also, if you're the primary suspect, maybe don't lie. Well, I mean, like, when he first reported it. He wasn't the primary suspect. But why wouldn't you change that and be like, yo, 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 hold up, hold up, hold up. Now that this is digging in deep, there's something you should know. (laughs) Well, because now you look even worse. Yeah, but you got to fucking come clean. It's only going to get worse and worse and worse. I know. But you know what's crazy? Carl didn't do it. (laughs) Yeah, I know. Isn't that crazy? But like, just don't fucking lie. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know, man. Okay, so the fucking Carl lied. All right. Now, Carl wasn't doing himself any favors. First of all, like we've been saying, he lied, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and second of all, his wife was like, he for fucking sure did it. 
Oh, no. Yeah, like, she was against Carl the whole time. She was like, ah, he has a goddamn motive. He's abusive to me. He was a shit person. He did it. Yeah. And that's pretty fucked up. Yeah, it's pretty fucked up. And third of all, he cracked under interrogation. <gasps> and and he, by cracked, you mean there was a false confession? There was a, a false confession. Oh, but no. what happened was he started to hallucinate. And he started thinking that, like, people on TV and shit were real. And he would, like check behind the tv and then when they weren't there he would think that the police were like fucking with his reception like it was some legit like he he had a psychotic break did they like deprive him of sleep and stuff or like i think it was just constant like his daughter was missing this constant pressure yeah constant like this wasn't like in one night he broke yeah it was like you know there was weird shit starting to happen to him he would go to his father's grave and talk to the headstone, but, like, he thought the headstone was talking back to him. Mm. And he started to think that he was Jesus and that if he just found Michelle, that he could bring her back to life. Mm. So he's not doing very well mentally, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he's going through some shit. Exactly. And during the psychotic break, he admits to killing his daughter, mm. which we know is not true. Mm-hmm. Um, and so now the cops think they got the guy who did something to Michelle. Yeah. So they're like, case closed. We figured it out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Meanwhile, Haddon is out and about for Usabird. Okay. Wow. Yeah. That's fucked up. Over the next five years, Haddon jumped from one odd job to the next because, like I said, he can't really hold down a chef job anymore, right? Did you say five years? Over the next five years. Jesus. This motherfucker is free as a bird. I don't know if you heard me say that. Well, kind of did. (laughs) (laughs) It was questionable. Okay, so the next five years, can't hold down a job, so he starts doing some odd jobs, um, like working as a maintenance man or a handyman around people's estates, right? Mm -hmm. So it's uh, 1988, and he visits his mom, and he was caught stealing from her, and Mm -hmm. she confronts him because she's like, what the fuck are you doing stealing from me? And he pushes her down, and then he kicks her, and then he tried to run her over with his car. So I don't know if this altercation took place in, like, the fucking driveway or if he was, like, ah, and, like, started to leave, and she was, like, yelling at him, and then he just tried to run her over. Yeah. But she was pissed, (laughs) and she pressed charges against him, and she wrote a letter telling him, basically, like, I disowned you. Remember that we used to love you at like one time, but until you get your shit together and you stop acting this way, you are not my son. Wow. Yeah. Because she pressed charges, he ended up getting a year probation for the assault. And during this year, he was actually caught speeding. And when they pulled him over, there was a gun in the car, Mm, which would violate your probation, right? Yeah. Well, he basically just got a slap on the wrist and they extended his probation. Like they didn't like arrest him or anything. They were just like, God damn it, Hatton. Knock it off. Knock that shit off. Yeah. Quit acting a fool. This guy has is like a fucking cat with nine lives right here. Yeah. Doing all this shit. So also during this time, he was evicted from a rental property mm-hmm. and he literally booby trapped it when he left because he was pissed that he was being evacuated. Like he was being told he had to leave. Yeah. Evicted. Evacuated. <laughs> He's being told he had to leave because basically he was like too odd and like erratic. Like his behavior was not okay. And yeah. I think... It was like a shared room in a home. like, mm, And they're like, we're not about that energy. Yeah, yeah, get that shit. I'm going to have to sage this whole house. <laughs> and so when he left, he booby-trapped it by placing a five-gallon can of oil on the door, like balancing it so that when they opened it, it would spill everywhere. He poured black dye all over the carpets, and he hid rotten fish all over the place so that the smell just, like, permeated the whole house. That's diabolical. 
That's in fucking saying, right? Yeah. That's like, great. Like, don't do that. That's so stinky. But That's he, so stinky. <laughs> so stinky, but he was mad. Apparently. Yeah. It sounds like he gets mad over um A lot, yeah. Very little things. Little perceived slights. Yeah. He also killed both of the family pets. They were cats. Uh, and he left one on the doormat and the other in the fucking fridge for them to find. What so an asshole. He was mad. And the family obviously pressed charges, and he was charged with vandalism, and again, nothing much happened to him. What the fuck? So now... Jesus. I guess he would check himself into the VA when things got, like, real bad mentally, and they would put him on a bunch of antipsychotic drugs, and he would, like, after a few days, he would run away and would never finish the treatment, and he would be off his meds constantly. Yeah. So now it's February of 1989. Okay. He gets arrested on theft... I guess he was, like, dressed up in women's clothing, and he went into a church where a bunch of women were practicing, like, doing choir practice. Mm-hmm. And he broke into their coat room and stole all of their purses. It was, like, 15 <laughs> you were going to say all of their coats. And I was like, <laughs> okay. okay. So now he's two kids in a giant coat. <laughs> Uh, no, all of their purses. Okay. And it was like 15 fucking purses or something like that. Yeah. It's uh, just like grocery bags on the arm. <laughs> yeah, just load them up. Let's yeah. go. So he's got all the purses. He hightails it out of there, puts them in his car, and he's driving along, and his car breaks down on the side of the road. And so he starts getting on it and fixing on it or whatever, and the cops pull up to be like, hey, what's going on here? And he fucking panics because he's like, ah, shit, I got contraband <laughs> in the car. <laughs> 15 fucking purses yeah. in there. And he, like, panics and acts weird, and he tells them basically, like, you're not allowed to look in the car. And so the cops immediately were like, mm, I'm going to look in the car. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's so interesting, because I'm going to go look in the fucking car. Yeah, now I have fucking a reason. Precisely. And so they see all of the purses, and obviously he gets fucking in trouble for stealing them all. I'm sure there's somebody on the radio like, yo, have you seen 15 purses? <laughs> And there's actually more to the story that I did not write down, but he was, like, dressed as a woman at the time, like I said, and he kept saying, like, oh, no, those are all my purses. Like, I'm a woman. Those are my purses. And they were just like, there are 15 of them in here. And also they have, like, IDs and stuff. Yeah, yeah, like, they're not yours. And so he gets arrested, and he ends up getting 45 days in jail for the theft charges. Okay. So he gets out of jail, and now it's like 1992, and he finds a job working for a woman by the name of Penny Howdling in Bethesda, Maryland. Okay. Now, Penny was a well-off psychotherapist. <laughs> okay. Who, who was That's weird... kind of convenient. Yeah, he right? Was like, oh, I need psychotherapy. Exactly. You're a psychotherapist. Help and she me. was like, just make me mashed potatoes <laughs> you don't want his mashed potatoes <laughs> trust me so exactly so she really liked helping those in need and so when she saw Haddon at her local church group looking for work she was happy to hire him yeah and his job was to tend to her garden not like that to <laughs> literally tend to her garden mm-hmm. just he trim her bush up fucking and... trim bushes like none other <laughs> no 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 he literally was just like a gardener yeah. And he did a really good job. I love and your rosebuds. Hey, uh, I just want to. Ew. Ew. <laughs> you said it. I know, but I you followed prolonged through. it and you yeah. went. <laughs> so he actually did like a really good job and he got really close to Penny and they had kind of this like mother son bond, probably because she was like helping him through a lot of stuff. Yeah. Inadvertently, I'm guessing. She um, was like, I can help you fucking cope with some of that past trauma. I will be your mommy. 
Hey-oh. <laughs> All right, step bro. Hey-oh. <laughs> okay, so the article did not say any of that. It just said that they had like a mother-son kind of like bond, right? Yeah. And he came around so often and became so close to her that he was allowed to let himself in to use the restroom, like into the house if mm-hmm. he had to go potty. I almost said fucking motherhood, man. <laughs> if he had to use the restroom, he was allowed to come into the house. And uh, also he was allowed to come into the kitchen and make a cup of coffee. So he's getting like really comfortable around the joint, right? Apparently. And she really trusted him. Yeah. But your fucking know. landscaper, your yeah. garden tender. Yeah. Your bud tender. Hey, uh, your bush trimmer. <laughs> She did start to notice strange things were missing in her house, Mm. like her jewelry and even her underwear. Mm. And she never confronted Haddon about it or anything. But Mm -hmm. she did notice they were missing. Mm -hmm. I don't know if I would confront him either. Like, anyway, have you seen my fucking gray pair? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, my negligee. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I probably wouldn't either. I might on, like, some jewelry. I don't know. I don't know if she suspected him. Yeah. I I mean, you got to, right? Like, he's the only guy that I let in. I don't fucking know. Well, maybe it's not the only guy she lets in. Maybe not. Maybe she this. lets in all her bud tenders. Whoa. What are you trying to say about Penny? All right. So, now, Penny had a daughter by the name of Laura. Okay. Who was super smart and pretty, and <laughs> she was accepted to Harvard. That's how fucking smart she was. Well, hot damn, Laura. Hot damn. And in 1992, she came home from her graduation, like she went to Harvard, graduated, whatever, came home, and she moved back in with her mom. Okay. As soon as Laura moved back in, Hayden started to get, like, really jealous of Laura because she would take Penny's attention away from Hayden. And she was actually the kid as opposed to him who is just... Exactly. ...has that type of a relationship. I just realized I've been saying Hayden and his name is Haddon. Fucking emphasis on the wrong syllable. (laughs) Whatever. Sorry about it. He we, sounds like a dick, though, so. We know who we're talking about. Yeah. Okay, so um, Haddon's getting jealous of Laura mm-hmm. because Penny's attention is going to her actual child, right? Mm-hmm. So Haddon starts to get real upset, and he feels a need to do something about Laura. And in mid-October of 92, Penny mentions that she's going to go out of town for a couple of days for a conference and Haddon is like this is the perfect time for me to get revenge back on Laura Mm -hmm. and so he went to the hardware store and he bought two rolls of duct tape rope and a nylon cord and he used a check to purchase all of this stuff from Haddon (laughs) fucking Saran (laughs) I don't remember that last name it was Clark Clark, yeah, that's right. Um, It's even more intense than that. Literally in the memo section of the the check, he wrote, Laura. What? Yeah. (gasps) Yeah. What? on Saturday, October 18th, after spending the afternoon watching an NFL football game with her brother at his place, Laura goes home to go to bed. She had to go to bed early because she had gotten this temporary job at a local law firm. And there was this big project that was due on Monday. And so she wanted to get to bed early and get some rest, right? Yeah. So she's in bed sleeping. And at midnight, Haddon pulls up to her house. Mm-hmm. Does he have a key? He ha- he goes into the shed where there's a spare key. He Fuckin knows enough that that's where the spare key is. Creepy. Creepy. And he let himself into the house. Now, he was dressed as a woman, like with a wig, full women's clothing, 
there was like a trench coat or something like that. And inside the trench coat, there was a rifle. The like, fuck? Yeah. Like this would be a terrifying thing to wake up to. Yeah. And so now he goes into Laura's room where she's sleeping and he wakes her up by nudging her with the gun. That's terrifying. And he asks, quote, why are you in my bed? Why are you wearing my clothes? And Laura's like, what the fuck is going on here? And he says, say I'm Laura. Like, tell me my name is Laura is basically what he's telling her. Yeah. Remember, like, he wanted to basically be Laura because of Penny's attention. So now he's basically, like, assuming Laura's identity, going up to Laura and being like, why are you in my bed? Why are you wearing my clothes? Ew. Fucking terrifying, right? So Laura is scared shitless and she's crying and is like, you're Laura. Yeah, go for it. Fucking yeah, you're Laura. Please don't hurt me. Yeah. And he made her swear on the Bible, like literally pulled out a Bible and was like, swear on the Bible that I'm Laura. And so she was like, yeah, fucking sure. Here you go. And then he forced the real Laura to undress and take a bath and then come back to her bed and lay on her stomach naked. And then I guess his plan was like he was going to kidnap her and take her to his campsite because at the time he was living in his truck on a campsite in the woods or something like that. So his plan was to kidnap her. And take her back to his campsite where he was then going to introduce her to the real Haddon. Whatever that means, I don't know. That's what this article said. Okay. So he started to tape up her wrists and ankles. And then he started wrapping duct tape over her mouth, you know? Mm -hmm. And then he just fucking lost it and started wrapping the duct tape all over her head over and over and over and over and over again until it covered her nose and her mouth and she couldn't breathe. Oh, my God. And then she started to suffocate. Oh, my God. Isn't that terrifying? She struggled for like a little bit for breath and then she stopped moving because she died. (gasps) And then Haddon just like watched her and then he took the scissors out to like cut the tape off of her face. And when he did that... He nicked her and, like, she bled on her neck or something like that. And then I guess this, like, and onto her pillow. And I guess this, like, drew his attention to her earrings and he really liked her earrings. And so he started to take them out and he got one side out, but he struggled with the other side. And so this motherfucker literally just took the scissors and snipped her earlobe off and was like, got it. Got the earring. Ew. That's what I wanted. What the fuck? What the fuck? That's terrifying and yeah. fucking gross. Yeah. And then he sat there for hours with her body mm-hmm. and he would just like stroke her breasts. Ew. Ew. Ooh. But he claims that he never raped her or ate her for the record. Well, he that's just nice. sat there with her. And then about 3 a.m. he wrapped her up in a queen size sheet. I don't know if it was from her bed or if he brought it. I'm not quite sure. I'm going like, to guess. Here's it's from, from the linen bed. closet. Yeah, exactly. So wraps her up with a queen size sheet and took her like the bloody pillow and everything, like not the pillow, the pillowcase. Mm -hmm. And he brought it with him and he slung her over his shoulder and he put her in the bed of his truck. And so now remember I said that he like camps out in his truck and shit. So now he's like literally got a bed back there. Like it's a camper. It's kind of like his little makeshift home. So there's a bed in there. Yeah. Um, So he puts her in the truck and then he goes back inside and he goes to sleep in her bed like he's Laura. And Oh, also, I forgot to mention, he took some trophies with him. Like, when he was taking her out, he, like, grabbed a couple trinkets and, like, her class ring and put it in his truck. Like, these are mine. These are things I will look at later in life and be happy about the decisions that I have made. That is terrifying. Yeah. So he's sleeping in her bed, pretending he's Laura, and it's 8 a.m. in the morning, and he wakes up, and he dresses back up in his women's clothing, and he puts on the blonde wig. By the way, Laura had blonde hair. Mm -hmm. And he leaves the house. 
Now, a neighbor sees him leaving the house and thought that it was Laura going to work. But it wasn't. It was Haddon. That must be a convincing He must dress up real nice. Yeah. Yeah. So the next day, Laura doesn't show up for work. And her employer starts calling around like, hey, what the fuck's going on? And her friends start calling her family to be like, hey, can you go check on Laura? Like, why isn't she at work? That's so not like her. There was this big project due for sure. She was looking forward to it. Yeah. There's something wrong. And the brother is like, she fucking left early to go do that shit. (laughs) To go be asleep for that shit. Right. That's exactly who they eventually reach out to. And her brother's like, this is really odd. I'm going to go check on her. And so he goes to the house and doesn't find Laura there. And so he decides to walk the route that she would take to get to the bus stop to go to work. Like Mm -hmm. he walks along that. And as he's walking it, here comes Haddon driving by. He's like coming back to go back to Penny's house where he just killed Laura to get more trophies to like steal shit. So he's driving in that direction, and Laura's brother recognizes his truck, like, oh, there's the gardener, like, he must be coming for his fucking gardening session or whatever. And he starts flagging him down and, like, waving him down, like, hey, man, like, there's something going on. Mm -hmm. So Haddon pulls over, and as the brother starts to walk up to the truck, Haddon just fucking panics and speeds off. Mm -hmm. And he's like, well, that's suspicious. Laura's still in the truck at this point. Like, her body's in the back of the truck. And exactly. Her brother was like, that's fucking weird. But also, so is Haddon. So he doesn't think that much of it. And he starts, like, you know, asking around, doesn't find anything. And he ends up filing a missing persons report later that day. Okay. God damn. Of course, the police are like, eh, she's probably not missing. Oh, my God. As we typically know happens in these scenarios. Yeah. Because she's an older woman. She's an adult. She's allowed to be missing. Mm -hmm. So now Haddon at this point is freaked out that people are going to know, like, what's going on. Mm -hmm. Because... Too close of an encounter, right? Mm -hmm. And so he decides it's time for him to bury Laura. And so he finds him a little spot off the I-270, in case you live around there. Mm -hmm. And he buries her in a shallow grave just 20 feet from the road. He kept the bloody sheets in the pillowcase for himself. Ew. And he drove to Rhode Island, where I guess he has a storage locker there, and he put the sheets in there. But he kept the pillowcase with him so he could, like, fucking smell it and shit whenever the fuck he wanted to. Ew. Mm Mm-hmm. So now he's on his way back to Maryland, and he gets a call from the cops. They wanted to talk to him because it turns out that his name kept popping up in this disappearance of Laura. Mm -hmm. And this was almost the same damn neighborhood that Michelle went missing in fucking years prior, right? Oh, wow. And so as soon as his name popped up, it was the same investigators that worked on Michelle's case. And they were like, get his ass in here. He fucking got away with shit one time. He's not going to get away again. Yeah, exactly. He's got a fucking reputation. We need to talk to him. Oh, side note, the cops, like, go through Laura's stuff to, like, get some evidence and shit. And they take her comb and or her hairbrush or whatever. Mm-hmm. And they find her hair in there. And they also find one synthetic blonde hair mm-hmm. from Haddon's wig. Mm-hmm. But they wouldn't know it's from Haddon's wig. They don't know that. They just, they just know find it's from the a wig. Synth- exactly. They find the synthetic hair and they're like, oh, that's interesting. Fucking exhibit A. Let's look into this. Yeah. She didn't wear extensions. Exactly. And so, you know, they call Haddon. They're like, hey, we want to talk to you. 
And so Haddon calmly agrees to come in for questioning, but that he can't come in until the next day. Mm -hmm. Probably because he's fucking traveling back. Maybe he's just like, I need a minute to recoup my fucking thoughts here. So that night he went back to a church parking lot that he slept in. And it's the same church parking lot that he was kind of hiding out in after he killed Laura. So he killed Laura, went to this church that was down the street from Laura's house, Mm -hmm. and he slept there for a while. And he slept next to her body. Like her body was next to him on his – like he was on his bed and slept next to her. And then that's when he got up and he was like, oh, I'm going to go back to the house and steal some shit. Mm -hmm. And then he ran into Laura's brother. Mm -hmm. And that's how all that shit went down. So now he's talking to the cops. They're like, hey, come in. We have some questions. And he's like, not right now. And he goes back to that church parking lot to sleep for the night. But he has to get rid of that bloody pillowcase. Mm Mm-hmm. Right, because that's kind of evidence. And so he just, like, chucks it into the woods that's by the church. Okay. So now there's evidence kind of sprinkled everywhere, right? Mm -hmm. So the next morning he goes into the police station and they interview him. And I'm not sure what happened, but they end up letting him go. And they kept searching for Laura. And they had canines do, like, a scent search. And they actually found... That pillowcase in the woods by the church, like it led from her house to the church and they found that there was blood on the pillowcase and they also found uh, women's underwear and shoes in the woods. So I'm guessing he like part of his outfit, he like threw it out in the woods or something. I'm not 100% sure where those come in. But they determined that the blood on the pillowcase was Laura's and they found an unidentified fingerprint. So they pull bum, Haddon. Bum, bum, bum. Yeah. So they pull Haddon in again and they told him, like, hey, listen, we know this is your fingerprint, even though they don't know it's his fingerprint. Mm-hmm. And they're like, what did you do with Laura? And he just said, quote, I don't know. And he wouldn't admit to anything. So they had to let him go. What? Yeah. Because they don't have anything on him. Yeah. They're, they're just, just trying to get him to implicate himself. Exactly. They're pretty fucking suspicious, but they don't have anything to keep him. Okay. In the meantime, they get warrants to search his, like, campsite and his storage unit. In the unit, they find all of Haddon's, like, women's clothing along with a wig. Ooh. And they test the wig, and the synthetic hair matched the hair that was found in Laura's brush exactly. So he was, like, wearing his wig and brushing his hair with her hairbrush. That's so weird. I know. And they also found proof that Haddon had bought a queen-size sheet, but the bed of his truck didn't have a queen-size bed, right? Laura's bed was a queen-size So I'm not sure if he bought the sheet to be like, okay, let me replace the one that I know got bloody or if it was like put her on the sheet before it got bloody. I'm not quite sure. But either way, they were like, why are you buying this queen sized sheet? Yeah. So now they're like, okay, we have blood on a pillowcase. Like something bad happened to Laura. Yeah. And so and we think it happened on the bed. So they go back to Laura's house and they spray luminol Mm. on the mattress and they find blood all over one side of it. And so at this point, they're like, for sure, Laura was murdered. Yeah. And it happened here. And in that time frame, they also got the match back that it was Haddon's fingerprints on the pillow. And so they arrested him on the pillowcase. Sorry. And so they arrested him. Wow. So in 1993, he pled guilty to the second degree murder of Laura, even though investigators had never found her body. They had enough evidence against Haddon. Like it was pretty obvious that something horrible had happened. Right. So they were able to. I mean, plus he pled guilty. So they fucking got him. Yeah. He got 30 years in prison. And shortly after his 30 years, that's it. Um, Shortly after his sentencing, he led investigators to where he 
buried Laura's body. And I guess the grave was so shallow that the rainwater had, like, forced her limbs up. Oh, yeah, fuck. And, like, animals had been, yeah. And while in prison, Haddon started to brag about um, having killed Michelle. And as we all know, you don't want to be known as a child killer in prison. So his fellow inmates ratted him out and like testified against him oh wow in 1999 and he got another 30 years for the murder of michelle okay but still 60 years is not that long not long enough yeah not fucking long enough i can give him life right by the way in both of these cases there is no body it's all testimony right like yeah like they still don't even have michelle's body so during michelle's murder trial They actually went back to Haddon's brother's house, who had, like, new owners and stuff. And they went upstairs to where the murder allegedly took place. And they sprayed luminol. And they saw that it was, like, lighting up in the cracks of the floorboard. And they pulled the floorboard up. And there was still blood down there. (sighs) And they had enough that they could pull a DNA profile from. And it matched Michelle's. Jesus. So it fucking matched the story of what happened. Yeah. Can you imagine living in that house? No. Like, that's my room. Yeah. That's That's terrifying. crazy. Okay, so in the year 2000, he agreed to lead police to Michelle's makeshift grave. But first, he said they had to buy him women's clothing so that he could dress up as a woman. Mm -hmm. And they did. And then he took them to the location. And her body was located 14 years after her murder. And it was still under the mattress. Like, they had to move the mattress. Oh, my God. there she was. It's because nobody wants to touch a mattress on the side of the road. Nobody wants to touch a mattress. Or in the woods. In the woods. Yeah, but still. still. Yeah. Everyone's like, stay the fuck away from there because Dirty Mike and the boys had an orgy on it. (laughs) (laughs) Dirty Mike and the boys. (laughs) Exactly. Don't touch that or you will get pregnant. Yeah. Exactly. So, okay, so they find Michelle's body, which has to be some sort of closure for that family. And can you imagine being Carl, the dad? Oh, my God. Was he blamed for it? Yeah, I can't recall. Like, if he served any prison time or anything? I hope not. That would fucking suck. Yeah, that'd be tough. I cannot imagine that his life was great after all of that, though. Yeah. Yeah. Especially if your ex-wife thought you did it. Yeah. Yeah. Not a good look. like, listen here, bitch. (laughs) I told you I didn't. (laughs) You never listen to me. Yeah. Um, How many times do I have to fucking say it? (laughs) Evidently more. More times. (laughs) Oh, my God. I mean, he's not. He fucking messed up, but shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, don't abuse people, but also, like, murder is a step above. Yeah, and, like, don't lie. (laughs) Don't fucking lie. If your kids are missing. Isn't that crazy? He gave his child's murderer, like, the perfect alibi. That you've got to have a hard time living with your life after that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I wonder at what point they ever figured out, like, uh, it's actually noon. I didn't see her till noon. I'm sorry. I've been sitting on this for a long time and it feels really good to get off my chest. Right. <laughs> you know, like, it's yeah. been noon since I've seen her, whatever. Like, when did that come out? I don't know. But, oh, shit. Okay, so mm. there's a couple more bullet points here. Okay, lay them on me. One of the inmates that Haddon had confessed to, remember I said he was, like, talking all this shit, like, yeah, I did all this crap, right? Yeah. And they all, like, testified against him. Yeah. Well, he clung to one inmate because he looked an awful lot like how we all say that Jesus looks, you know, all of us, how we were like, oh, this is fucking Jesus. All of us, like, okay. You know, like, society. Yeah. Like, you know, that guy looks like Jesus. Yeah. (laughs) Well, we don't really know what fuck Jesus looked like. Maybe we do. I don't know. I don't know what Jesus looked like. I can pretty much... Guarantee that we don't have the <laughs> image right. 
probably not. So he this motherfucker, Middle Eastern. <laughs> well, some of some of the images are Middle Eastern. <laughs> some of them, not the ones in my grandma's house. <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> Fair fucking point. This That's motherfucker looked like Jesus. All right. Okay. <laughs> However, that looks in your mind. I guess he looked like Jesus. Okay. And hadn't really took to him, and yeah. he really believed that this guy was Jesus. Yeah, he, Jesus is in prison. <laughs> for turning all that water to wine who's at an underage party. This is the prohibition, motherfucker. <laughs> you gotta knock it off with your talents. <laughs> oh my god. Okay. How are we supposed to charge people for this? <laughs> if you're just out there fucking slinging it for free, <laughs> like it's water. <laughs> Oh, God. Oh God. Okay, so he looked like Jesus, believed he was Jesus, and hadn't continued to confess several other killings to this guy oh. that he claimed that he committed. Uh, anybody look into those? Mm, they did. So this would earn him, like, days out with Jesus. Oh. Yeah, where Haddon would say, with like— With Jesus? With Jesus. He'd be like, take Jesus with me. I feel safe with him. Jesus is my co-pilot. <laughs> exactly. And so he would be like, all right, let's fucking go. I'm going to show you where they're at. But no further victims were ever recovered. I guess that's good. Oftentimes he would like take them to a spot where like a strip mall was fucking oh, whatever. Already built. Yeah. And he'd be like, well, I buried them here. So they must be under here somewhere. And they're um, like, we're not going to fucking dig up the asphalt for this maybe that you can't remember a name yeah, of and like we don't have a case for. Yeah, we're kind of thinking that maybe you're lying to us, right? Mm-hmm. He did, however, lead police to a buried bucket on his family's property where he had kept all of his trophies from his victims. Oh. And in this bucket were over 200 different items, what? including trinkets and the class ring that he took from Laura. So it's very possible that he did have other victims and that he did kill them and that those were actual spots or he's just not able to remember like where he buried them. Wow. But also he's a paranoid schizophrenic, so I don't really know. That's my story. That's the end of my story. Could they identify? (laughs) Could they identify all the pieces in the bucket? Like match them to victims or anything? Yeah. Or like, hey, is anybody missing this fucking class ring from Dartmouth? I don't know. I'm sure they have it out there, and it's probably on that page. Did you know that there's an FBI page that you can look at, like, things that they found for victims, and you can help identify? You told me about this. Yeah, of course I did. And I want to I want to go there. I haven't been on it yet, but oh, how yeah. exciting is that? Yeah, it is pretty exciting. So I wonder if those things are on there. But they did mention something about, like, there was this pendant that he would wear when he killed people, and he was like, that is my angel of death. I don't know. It was really weird. And he was wearing it when he killed Laura. That is weird. I did not write it down. Clearly, I was just like, that's interesting. That is creepy. So thank you, Pope. Yeah. There is so much more you could probably find on this case. That took me like three days to write just that. Oh, my God. And every time I was like, now hold up. Wait. (laughs) What? (laughs) Well, now hold the fuck up. Did he eat her? I have questions. And then I wouldn't find anything. And I'm like, that's enough. There's more to go. (laughs) He pet her boobs. That's disturbing and sticking with me. Yeah. How crazy is it, though, that he wasn't planning to kill her? Like, he was like, I'm going to take her to a campsite and introduce him to her to the real Haddon, whatever the fuck that means. Maybe he was. But then he just, like, lost control and kept wrapping it around her face. This poor. Yeah, that's really scary. And then can you imagine being Penny? Oh, my God. That poor woman. Yeah. Bless but her also. Bless her soul. I mean, after you meet the real Haddon, I'm sure it's not going to end well. Like, it's not going to end with him being like, anyway, here's Wonderwall. Like, see you tomorrow. Oh, what if he could play Wonderwall like none other, though? Like around a campfire. Mm-hmm. 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 But and you know what I mean? Like, like he wasn't going to let her go after that. So maybe she got like the lucky. better end of the deal. Yeah. 
than it could have been. I said lucky, but you know what I mean. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's what I, I mean. How interesting, though, that, straw. like, there are lines of sexual motivation, but generally speaking, it was more revenge. Like, his, like, he was triggered by revenge. Jealousy, yeah. Yeah, or, and like, being called. revenge with Michelle, yeah. Yeah, like, being called bad names. Yeah. But fucking even Michelle didn't fucking intense. do anything. Her friend did. That's so insane. Yeah, it was to get back at fucking Eliza. His niece. His yeah. five-year-old niece. I am surprised, though, that he didn't claim insanity. Well, maybe yeah. he did. Maybe that's why he got 30 years and then 30 years. Maybe, but he wasn't, like, in a... There was... um Insane asylum. Right yeah, there. there was a particular line in an article that I did not write in any of my notes, so it's going off of memory, but it was that he did not, incl- he did not claim the insanity plea. That is so strange. Yeah. Because I, I feel why. like if you're diagnosed, that is the perfect reason. Yeah. I don't want to say reason. I probably should have looked further into, like, the sentencing and everything. But eh. I you usually were like, am like, nine pages is enough pages. <laughs> yeah. I'm usually like, I want to know everything about the case. And then as soon as it gets to trial, I'm just like, eh, I fucking appealed it 800 times. <laughs> they always do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. Like, and then they didn't appeal for this. And I'm like, well, fucking, of course they did. Yeah, of course just, they did. Like, huh, you didn't have accurate Fucking representation. Yeah. 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 Habeas corpus. Mm. <sighs> well, goddamn. So if you want to check out pictures pertaining to that case, go to isgdpodcast.com. And while you're there, you can join our Patreon. It's fun. Come join it. You get shit. Also, we have <laughs> merch. Click our merch. Buy our merch. Support your favorite podcast. You can join us on social media at ISGD Podcast. We're on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And come join the goddamn pod group yep. on facebook it's fun we let anybody in and we all have so much fun it's like the most fun i've ever had also <laughs> email us at isgdpodcast at gmail.com and we'll be like what's up and then please subscribe rate and review on whatever the fuck it is you listen to and tell everybody about us so that we can become very important and famous and we can be even bigger than wondery you guys wow. you need to send more food Uh, Well, speaking of which, we have a package. So you could send those to P.O. Box 2764, Spring Valley, California, 91979. Oh, my tummy's going out again. I hope it's food. You ready to open that package? Yeah, let's do it. All right. Um, To anyone who doesn't want to listen to that, bye. To everyone else, hi. Hi. (laughs) This one's heavy. Ooh. Maybe it's gold. I don't oh, think yeah? anybody's sending us gold. It's from Tambry. I don't know if that's a person or a place. <laughs> okay. The place is Rigby, Idaho. I think Eleanor ID Rigby. is Idaho, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Crushed it. Idaho. Mm. I am. <laughs> yeah, you are. Okay, let me just pull the knife towards myself. Real smart. It used to be an Amazon box. It's retaped. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Could be anything. Could be. I swear to God, if it's a glitter bomb. I'm box of spiders. Don't stop that. You just stop that right now. I'm getting more and more nervous every time we go to open these boxes. Why? I don't know. Well, I feel like that's your intuition speaking. <laughs> Why are you opening it over there now? You want me to do it? Yeah. Should I do it with just my feet? Ew, creep. <laughs> Tell me what's in there. I'm so excited. It's like a fan. Ladies. Ladies. Ooh. What's that now? It says for snacking. Should I talk into this? Yeah, you should. 
it says for snacking, and mm-hmm. I'm instantly excited because I'm so hungry. I'm hungry Ladies, now too. for snacking in the she shed and more murderous research. Ooh. You may already have a copy. If so, my bad. Oh, it is a name. <laughs> Tambourine. Lady Killers. We do not have a copy. We don't have a copy. You're going to love touching this. Oh, my God. My mouth just watered. <gasps> oh, that's so fucking sweet, guys. Oh, my God. I love her. There's your box. <laughs> I got strawberry Pop-Tarts. I got brown sugar cinnamon. Oh, oh my so guys. Nice. I'm going to eat this right now. I am, too. This is going to be all up in my braces. Literally, my mouth is watering. I fucking love Pop-Tarts. I fucking love tambourine. I fucking love tambourine too. That we thought was a uh, location. It could have been. Could have been. You never know. I'm gonna eat the shit out of this. Do you? Hey, can toast? I see that book? Yeah. You want to touch it, don't you? I do. I really want to. You're touch gonna it. love it. Um, do, do you, you just ask me if I wanted to toast my pop tart? Do you toast your pop tarts? No, not unless I'm getting bougie. Every once in a while, I like to toast it. And I'm like, God damn, these oh, are good God. toasted. Mm. Oh, that's weird. Hmm. Oh, no. Man down. Mm. Mm. You know what my favorite part is? Just mm. the edges. You are a fucking psychopath. Mm. I eat the edges first so that I can savor the middle. Mm. I just love the edges. Mm-mm. Like, you know when sometimes it's off center and the edge is, like, huge on one side? Mm-hmm. I love it. You are so weird. I know. <laughs> I know. People kill for all sorts of reasons. Anger, mm-hmm. greed, malignant narcissism, mm-hmm. petty irritation. <laughs> That's how you're going to kill somebody. <laughs> petty irritation. <laughs> yes. Fucking precisely. Thank you so much for From the beginning of time, we've been sleeping, eating, having sex, and murdering each other. Sometimes in that order. <laughs> well, this looks eating? like a fun book. Wait, wait, wait. Sleeping, eating, having sex, and murder? Mm-hmm. Yeah, sleeping, eating, having sex, and murdering I each guess other. if you're going to encompass the whole day, you wake up, so you were sleeping, and then you're like, I'm hungry. Mm-hmm. Well, and then it you're says, like, do you want to have some morning sex? Now I'm going to kill you. It says, sometimes okay. in that order, female praying mantises. They... Do they eat and then have sex? They can't eat them first. They got to be alive. Um, I think that they have sex and then they kill them and then they eat them, don't they? So, so this book is right... wrong. I don't know, man. I don't know enough about praying mantises. Manti. I do. <laughs> what is the insect that, like, literally drills their dick right into the abdomen of the woman? Mm-hmm. Well, that's terrifying and <laughs> I don't know. It might be, like, bed bugs or something. Ew. Don't like that word? No. Mm-mm. Oh, bye, everyone. Later. <laughs> Thanks again, Tambri. I love you. Mm-hmm. Me too. And if you're all caught up on our podcast, stay tuned for a promo from The Path Went Chilly. Hi, I'm Robin Warder from The Trail Went Cold. If you are unfamiliar with my other podcast, I often cover stories from the television show Unsolved Mysteries. For the past five years, you've heard me talk about these cases on my own, but now's your chance to hear me have in-depth discussions about them with other people. I want to welcome you to my new project, The Path Went Chilly, where I will be discussing in-depth with my two good friends and co-hosts cases that I've covered on The Trail Went Cold. Meet my co-hosts. First one up is Jules. Hi, I'm Jules from the podcast Riddle Me That True Crime. 
and I have a PhD in transpersonal counseling. I'm not a psychologist or a diagnostician, so don't get too excited. But I can't wait to analyze these cases with these two amazing humans. You've already met Robin. Now meet Dr. Ashley Wellman. Hi, I'm Ashley. I have a PhD in criminology, law, and society, and I specialize in trauma victims and survivors. I've spent a great deal of time working with families left behind after homicides with a cold case unit based out of Florida, and I'm also a professor of criminology. I'm so excited to be chatting with two of my best friends about the cases that everyone can't seem to get enough of. We hope in doing so that we will have a clearer perspective of what may have transpired. Oftentimes, Ashley will be totally in the dark. Jules and I will be telling Ashley a story she may not know much about, so all of her reactions are genuine. We will be releasing on all major platforms April 8th. We hope you will join us as we attempt to heat up some ice cold cases. The Pathway Chili will be available every Thursday on all major podcast platforms.